good morning. Second attempt. It's Friday, September 17th. We are in Rochester. About to leave. We're going to go to Chautauqua. Which is in far western New York. And is a nostalgic place for us to visit. So Lord Jesus, we thank you and we praise your name. We thank you, God, and we exalt your name. You are the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. You are the Alpha and Omega. You're majestic in everything that you do. God, we honor you. Um, We know that you're the healer. Mm -hmm. Right, that's what it means, the beginning and the end. God, you are El Shaddai, and you are Yeshua. You hold all authority in your hands. You're the king of this whole world. And you're the God of Noah, Abraham, Isaac. The patriarch. You are the patriarch. You're the Messiah. You're all in one. You're Emmanuel. Your master. What else, Micah? Emmanuel means God with us. Mm-hmm. God with us. You are the Logos. You are the Word. The Word is alive. You're the Redeemer. The bread of life. You're the Holy One of Israel. God, you're the head of the church. You are the master. You're the high priest. God, you are the advocate. You're the mediator and judge. You are the chief cornerstone. You are the author and finisher of our faith. You are the lamb and the good shepherd. Hey, baby. You're the bishop of souls. You're the fountain of living waters. God, you are the rock and the true vine. You're the bridegroom and the day spring. God, you are the Shiloh and the lion and the tribe of Judah. You are the bright and morning star. You are the great I am. You are the carpenter. God, you are the way, the truth, and the life. You're the king of Israel and the whole world. And you are the Christ. And God, we thank you for being all these things. You are a redeemer. You are a healer. You are everything to us. All life emanates from you. All life begins and ends with you, God. You open and close doors as you see fit. God, you take... Excellent care of your children. We rise and call you blessed. God, and we um, we want to be with you, God. We want to worship you in spirit and in truth. Put your spirit in us, God. Help us know what you want. Put your desires on our hearts. Transform us and renew our minds as we hear your word, God. Help us to make no excuse to live as your children and do the right things. To be willing to make a sacrifice to you, God. We lay down our lives to you. What? Are you tushy? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Luke. Okay. We're praying. You want to pray? Yes.
So we're going to read, oh, okay, in the name of Jesus Christ, we just open our ears. We ask that you open our ears, open our eyes, open our hearts, give us a heart of flesh before you, help us to lay down any pride, um, every corner of our hearts, God, you expose it, and we know that you see the inner man. We ask that you search us and know our in, inner being, and we don't want any portion of our lives held from you or withheld from you. We rise up, Jesus, and um, yeah, we just ask to be made pure and holy before you. And it's by your goodness, it's by your grace that we can ask these things. We ask that you put your favor on us. We ask that you bless the generations in our family. Bless the future spouses of these children. Bless our marriage. Bless our parenting, God. Um, put your grace on us and give us wisdom for raising them. God, give us the energy from heaven to raise these children in the right way, to shepherd them the right way. And I bless my children with a good attitude, with a right heart before you, God, that they should always hold you first, that there would be no idols in our family. God, if there are things that we hold above um, you, then we cast it down in the name of Jesus Christ. Lukey, leave it, baby. No touching. Thank you. Um. We come against any work of the enemy and we cut him off in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind and curse the enemy in the name of Jesus Christ. That you shall have no entry and you shall not work and manipulate this family. Because this family we declare belongs to Jesus Christ himself. And the Lord, the Jesus who chose Jerusalem, rebukes you. We thank you God for the strength that you put on us. We pray for the people around us. We, um, we bless them. God, we know the long list of people that have physical ailments. We ask that you lift them up. Um, we ask that you renew Pete's liver and then uh, kidney in the name of Jesus Christ, that you would heal it. We ask that you would help Christine Merjanian to gain weight um, in the name of Jesus, that you heal her digestive system. We command the digestive system and the excretory system to heal. Um, for the sparks and for uh christopher and julia and um joe we we curse covid in the name of jesus christ and we ask for energy to come in their bodies and rise what well it's not time for me to get up i it's time for me to do bible here's yogurt you just need to wait, okay? Because I'm in the middle of praying. Hopi, what does God want you to pray for? Micah, what does God want you to pray for? Do you have anything? Okay, yeah. So pray that. Go ahead. Amen. Cade, what about you, baby?
someone feel bad or like don't care or like anyone that's injured help them survive that injury in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Help your turn. Close it, Cade. Go easy on the honey. Okay. That was really good, Hopi. Okay. Jesus, I particularly want to pray for the Kyles. I curse Shodrons in the name of Jesus Christ. Command you, Shodrons, to leave. The Lord defies your residence in her body. Mommy, I want to say for honey. What? Well, it doesn't go with hummus. I mean... Hope you can get a new one. Daddy to help you. Okay? I'm sorry. Luke? You took Hopi's... Look, Hope is sad. Hopi? Hope. I'm sorry that it happened. Lukey, go to your own spot. I'm trying to do... Daddy, I'm trying to do Bible, and, and Luke needs to be in his high chair. And Hope needs a new hummus or yogurt or something. Kate is also trying to get yogurt. He might need a little help with proportions. Don't add too much honey. All right, Psalm 109. You're not getting out of your seat, Hope. Hey, Micah. Micah, you've been doing real well. Try to continue. All right? All right. Psalm 109. David is the one who wrote this psalm. And we just got instructions that victory should learn from David's life. I'm not going out getting some right now for you, but later. Okay. My God, whom I praise. Do not remain silent. For people who are wicked and deceitful have opened their mouths against me. 
They have spoken against me with lying tongues. But with words of hatred, they surround me. They attack me without cause. In return for my friendship, they accuse me. But I am a man of prayer. They repay me evil for good and hatred for my friendship. Appoint someone evil to oppose my enemy. Let an accuser stand at his right hand. When he is tried, let him be found guilty, and may his prayers condemn him. May his days be few. May another take his place of leadership. May his children be fatherless and his wife a widow. May his children be... Well, you know what? This... Yesterday was David saying what the accusers say. I feel like... I remember you saying, let another take his place, and I mentioned how uh, they say that in Acts. They quote that in Acts as evidence that Judas needed to be replaced among the disciples. Yeah, I know. You know, it's weird because yesterday the scripture said, like, that's what they say about me. And this, this seems like David is saying a curse on his enemies. Can you look on the board? Because I should be four days away from that. Okay, because I didn't do yesterday. So, maybe I'm at 110. 110 is a Melchizedek one. Are you, are you reading 109? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, I think I think we did 109. Okay. And now you get to read about Melchizedek. All right. You are a priest. One ten. In the order of Melchizedek. Why do you know that off the top of your head? Because it's one of the. It's 110 is the, one of the most messianic psalms there is. It's amazing to me that you just are like, oh, it's Melchizedek. Is that right? <laughs> All right. That means he psalm. One ten. The Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. I wonder if chron- chronologically, if if this was the Lord's answer to David right after the last one, because this is the Lord saying to David, I will make your enemies a footstool for your feet. The Lord will extend your mighty scepter from Zion, saying, rule. In the midst of your enemies, your troops will be willing on your day of battle, arrayed in holy splendor. Your young men will come to you like dew from the morning's womb. The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. The Lord is at your right hand. He will crush kings on the day of his wrath. He will judge the nations, heaping up the dead and crushing the rulers of the whole earth. He will drink from a brook along the way, and so he will lift his head high. Amen. Jesus even cites that psalm when he talks to the people and says, How is it that David says to the Messiah, if Messiah is his son, the Lord said to my Lord, Mm. How could his son be his Lord? And all the people were like, It's funny that, like, we wouldn't know these answers either. Okay.
This is one of the most, I think, important passages about deliverance that we can listen to. So you guys listen to this. We're going to learn about deliverance right now. Are you ready? I'm trying to explain it. Okay, explain what you want to explain, then I'll continue teaching. Why I'm trying to Yeah. Agreed. But David was speaking by the by the power of the Holy Spirit about Jesus in Psalm one ten. The Lord, meaning God, said to my Lord, and who is His Lord? Who, who is everyone's Lord throughout history and all for all for all, all for future time? Jesus. Okay, but but okay, Micah. But there's being a distinction being made in the way he wrote this, right? The Lord God said to my Lord Jesus. Cade. Mm-hmm. Cade, right will, will you bring mommy one of my drinks, please? No, I don't think there's any more. In there. Thank you. I gotta go. I gotta get it from under. Okay, so um. Okay, there aren't any in there. I'll, I'll go under. Oh, Daddy's gonna get it from under. Thanks for trying, Cade. Thank you, buddy. Just watch Stinky. Okay. Daddy, you can eat your yeah, maybe get snacks. That would be good. Okay. I already had my breakfast. I'm super full. My breakfast was super big because I had two chip bags and one, actually three chip bags and also. For breakfast? One. You had chips for breakfast. And also one mandarin orange bag. No more chips for breakfast. When did you have that? Like, when you were at your bed. Okay. I'm going to teach you. Well, you can't have any chips then. Hello. Any chips. Children. Listening. Time for listening. What are you doing, Go back to your seat now, sweetie. I'm going to teach you one of the most important things about deliverance that you can ever know. Okay? This is Matthew 4. Who's listening? Okay. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Okay, what's the first key to harnessing the power of the Holy Spirit? Fasting. Fasting. Okay, now verse 3. The tempter came to him and said, That was very good, Micah. Good listening. The tempter came and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. So what's one way the enemy works on us? By tempting us. He tempts us. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Okay, what's our second key for fighting the enemy? Um, the Name of, of Jesus. The word of God. The, knowing the word of God. Knowing what's written in the word of God. Cade, you are also right, the name of Jesus. So now we've found three. Verse 5. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, 
and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. What does that tell us the enemy knows? The The devil knows the scripture and he uses it in a bad way. You have to discern what? The good scripture from the bad scripture. Nope. The the sc- God was speaking to you from the scripture and um, the devil was speaking to you. You need to know who is actually talking to you. Thank you, Daddy. Yes, you need to know who's talking to you. May I also have a chip bag? You need to know who is talking to you. And one, the second way the devil tries to tempt us is he says... He's appealing to... Um, to to the authority of Jesus. He's kind of appealing to pride, right? Jesus answered, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. So what do we know we should not do? Mm -hmm. You know what circumstances we would test the Lord? Thank you. If you said... What? Give me an example. Uh huh. Who else can think of another example? I can. Okay. Um, let me think of one. Hopi, think of an example of how you fight the devil. Using the name of Jesus Christ. Excellent. Mm-hmm. A devil is a kind of wolf that 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 one that is very lonely and wants to come in a house that has more wolves. Daddy, do you want me to follow you in the van today? Okay. I prefer to just have the seats in here. But I mean, the only reason why that would be good is if we did actually plan to drive just as well, because then I wouldn't have to. Uh, it sounds though like that we got too much to do. I think in the afternoon they've got a Zoom call, and we'd have to wait till like after three or something. And maybe that's okay, but. We're not going to make it. It just looks less work. Huh? Okay. So, okay. So, another way you could test God is by saying, Well, God, you said in your word that if I gave a lot of money to somebody, that you'd bless me. So, you get, you do, you're supposed to tithe, but if you don't hear from the Lord to do something in particular then he's not obligated to to do something else. Does that make sense? You can't manipulate God. You can't decide, oh, let me give a hundred bucks to this person because I know that God said he's going to give me a thousand. You've got to obey the Lord. If he's the one that told you to give a hundred, there's usually a reward behind it. But the reward could just be a treasure in heaven that you don't feel on the earth. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. And there, and that's good to get your rewards in heaven. 
that's fine. But but you can't have a heart that tries to manipulate God. It's kind of like saying to um, to your parent, <clears throat> let me share this piece of candy because with my sibling because I know if my mom or dad see me share candy that they'll give me 10 pieces of candy. That's not necessarily true. Your parents might just say, hey, that was nice of you to share. You know what I mean? Okay. I probably could have thought of a better example, but I think you get the point. Okay, so Jesus answered him. It is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Okay, here's the third way. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Do you know that um, the devil is tempting Jesus with what? Earthly possessions and what? Power and wealth. And he didn't even need it. He already was. Yes. Um, But one of the ways the devil likes to lie to people is to tell them that they don't have enough. Sometimes people believe him. It's called a spirit of poverty. Um, So. Yeah, you could have that kind of attitude, right? That usually goes together. If you have a spirit of poverty, you're focused on what you don't have, right? Rather than what you do. Rather than, right, counting on God's blessings. Jesus said, oh, Satan was also saying, right, let, let's have an idol before the Lord. Put an idol before God. And that is, what do you think God thinks of idol worship? Yeah, it is an abomination. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan. For it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Very good. So there's another tactic that you learned from Jesus. What is it? Quote the commandments. Talk directly to the devil and say what? Get away from me, right? A lot of times when we're praying for people, what do you hear us say? We command the devil to go where? Um, back to hell. Yeah, wherever we feel like the Lord is saying, go back, leave. You you don't have entry. This person's covered by the blood of Jesus. Yeah, you, you just go out of the person and go into those pigs instead. Mm-hmm, right. We've seen, you've seen uh, the devil go into pigs instead. You, I've never be, seen it, but I've heard of it. The devils have to listen to the authority of Jesus Christ. So you have the power, even as children, to command the devil to go different places as long as you know using the name of Jesus Christ. That's where all the authority is. And when you're commanding things in the authority of Jesus Christ, guess what? You have the power over hell and death in the name of Jesus Christ. Okay. I don't remember that. Well, I did see a demon. Okay, and what? It looked like it was a sour patch with a crown. Okay. And it was walking towards me, but it wasn't walking. And what did you do? And I barely moved. You barely moved. But what should you do? rebukes you you speak to the devil jesus christ rebukes you go away you know 
whenever you see something evil, you just say, Jesus Christ put you under my feet. Do you think that your siblings are ever going to be evil? Um, sometimes. No. They have, they could make wrong choices, but they're never evil. No, because they have the Holy Spirit living in them. They have asked the Holy Spirit to live in their hearts, so they serve Jesus. All right? And if you ever see something that you think is not right, you help them. That's the point. You're there to help them. A brother is born for a time of adversity. You help them. Last night, but I said stop, and then okay. I waited for a second, and then he said Okay, go back to your seat. I'm glad that you tried to help. When Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he withdrew to Galilee. If I have to say it again, it's a spanking. Hold on. Hold on, Lukey. Leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum which was by the lake in the area of Zebulon and Naphtali, to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah. Land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people living in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of the shadow of death. A light has dawned. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, Repent. For the kingdom of heaven has come. So John the Baptist was saying, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, right? Uh But now Jesus has said, it's here, it's here, it's here. So now you're going to hear about Jesus calling his first disciples. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw his two brothers, Simon called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and and his brother John. That's right. Good. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee. Hey, I think Luke might need to go to the bathroom. Preparing their nets. What? You're filling the tank. Filling the clean tank? Yeah. Of water. Okay. So if you need to use anything, gotta put the pump on. Oh, okay, okay. Okay. Um Jesus called them and immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went throughout Galilee teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria, and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures, and the paralyzed, and he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, And the region across the Jordan followed him. Thank you, Jesus, that we can follow you. All right, in Ezekiel 23, you're going to hear um, the Lord is going to tell Ezekiel about two adulterous sisters, but he's talking about cities. He's talking about peoples. Are you ready? Luki, let me see your face. Uh, I don't know about that. Let me see. Plugging milk? 
Did you write on your face? No. I didn't. <laughs> All right. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, there were two women, daughters of the same mother. They became prostitutes in Egypt, engaging in prostitution from their youth. In that land, their breasts were fondled and their virgin bosoms caressed. The older was named Ohola, and her sister was Oholiba. They were mine and gave birth to sons and daughters. Ohola is Samaria. Oholiba is Jerusalem. So who are these twin cities? That's right. Samaria and Jerusalem. Um, Ohola engaged in prostitution while she was still mine and she lusted after her lovers the assyrians okay so this is an analogy he's saying ohala is what do you know what city samaria. samaria and he called her her false lover the assyrian he said the lord said um samaria cheated on me with the assyrians and he described the assyrians as warriors clothed in blue governors and commanders, all of them handsome young men and mounted horsemen. She gave herself as a prostitute to all the elite of the Assyrians and defiled herself with all the idols of everyone she lusted after. She did not give up the prostitution she began in Egypt when during her youth men slept with her, caressed her virgin bosom, and poured out their lust on her. Therefore, this is the Lord speaking, I delivered her into the hands of her lovers, the Assyrians, for whom she lusted. They stripped her naked, took away her sons and daughters, and killed her with the sword. She became a byword among women, and punishment was inflicted upon her. Now he's going to tell you about um, the other sister. Do you remember who the other sister is? Jerusalem. Her sister, Oholiba, saw this. So, so Jerusalem watched Samaria get pillaged and ruined by the Assyrians. But the people of Jerusalem didn't learn. Okay, so her sister Oholiba saw this, yet in her lust and prostitution, she was more depraved than her sister. She too lusted after the Assyrians. Governors and commanders, warriors in full dress, mounted horsemen, all handsome young men. I saw that she too defiled herself. Both of them went the same way. But she carried her prostitution still further. She saw men portrayed on a wall, figures of Chaldeans portrayed in red with belts around their waist and flowing turbans on their heads. All of them looked like Babylonian chariot officers, natives of Chaldea. Okay, so here's Jerusalem. She did worse than Samaria, even though Jerusalem saw how the Assyrians ruined um even though the the Jerusalem saw how the Assyrians ruined Samaria, Jerusalem's going to do it worse with the Chaldeans. It's an analogy. It's an, just an analogy for a whole city of people that didn't learn from the bad example of the neighboring city. So, um, as soon as she saw them, she lusted after them and sent messengers to them in Chaldea. Then the Babylonians came to her, to the bed of love, and in their lust they defiled her. After she had been defiled by them, she turned away from them in disgust. When she carried on her prostitution openly and exposed her naked body, I turned away from her in disgust, just as I turned away from her sister. Yet she became more and more promiscuous, as she recalled, can you put this in the sink, the days of her youth, thank you, when she was a prostitute in Egypt, thank you buddy. 
There she lusted after her lovers whose genitals were like those of donkeys and whose emission was like that of horses. So you longed for the lewdness of your youth when in Egypt your bosom was caressed and your young breasts fondled. Therefore, Oholibah, this is really Jerusalem. The Lord is speaking to Jerusalem. This is what the sovereign Lord says. I will stir up your lovers against you, those you turned away from in disgust. Okay. I I need you to put this down for Jubilee Hope. Put the white facing up. Oh, that's pretty. Can you put the white facing up down there? Thank you. Um, okay. I will bring them against you from every side. Then the Babylonians and all the Chaldeans, the men of Picod and Shoah and Koah, and all the Assyrians with them, handsome young men, all of them governors and commanders, chariot officers and men of high rank, all mounted on horses, they will come against you with weapons, chariots and wagons, and a throng of people. A throng of people is many people. They will, let's see, take, thank you, Hopi, take up positions against you on every side with large and small shields and with helmets. I will turn you over to them for punishment and they will punish you according to their standards. I will direct my jealous anger against you and they will deal with you in fury. They will cut off your noses and your ears. And those of you who are left will fall by the sword. They will take away your sons and daughters. And those of you who are left will be consumed by fire. They will also strip you of your clothes and take your fine jewelry. So I will put a stop to the lewdness and prostitution you began in Egypt. You will not look on these things with longing or remember Egypt anymore. For this is what the sovereign Lord says. I am about to deliver you into the hands of those you hate to those you turned away from in disgust they will deal with you in hatred and take away everything you have worked for they will leave you stark naked and the shame of your prostitution will be exposed your lewdness and promiscuity have brought this on you because you have lusted after the nations and defiled yourself with their idols what are you doing to her the ball You've gone the way of your sister, so I will put her cup into your hand. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. You will drink your sister's cup, a cup large and deep. It will bring scorn and desolation, the cup of your sister Samaria. You will drink it and drain it dry and chew on its pieces, and you will tear your breasts. I have spoken, declares the Sovereign Lord. Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. Since you have forgotten me and turned your back on me, you must bear the consequences of your lewdness and prostitution. The Lord said to me, Son of man, will you judge Ohola and Oholiba? Then confront them with their detestable practices. For they have committed adultery and blood is on their hands. They committed adultery with their idols. They even sacrificed their children, whom they bore to me as food for them. They have also done this to me. At the same time, they defiled my sanctuary and desecrated my Sabbaths. On the very day, they sacrificed their children to their idols. They entered my sanctuary and desecrated it. That is what they did in my house. They even sent messengers for men who came from far away. And when they arrived, you bathed yourself for them, applied eye makeup, and put on your jewelry. 
You sat on an elegant couch with a table spread before it on which you had placed the incense and olive oil that belonged to me. The noise of a carefree crowd was around her. Drunkards were brought from the desert along with men from the rabble, and they put bracelets on the wrists of the women and her sister and beautiful crowns on their heads. Then I said about the one worn out by adultery, now let them use her as a prostitute, for that is all she is. And they slept with her as men sleep with a prostitute, so they slept with those lewd women, Ohola and Oholiba. But righteous judges, thank you, Micah, for wanting to listen. And Kate, I want you to allow Micah to listen. Righteous judges will sentence them to the punishment of women who commit adultery and shed blood because they are adulterous and blood is on their hands. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Bring a mob against them and give them over to terror and plunder. The mob will stone them. Stop fighting. Cade, I'm seeing you do that. Be a good listener, okay? Okay. But righteous judges will sentence them to the punishment of women who commit adultery and shed blood because they are adulterous and blood is on their hands. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Bring a mob against them and give them over to terror and plunder. Get down, Cade. The mob will stone them and cut them down with their swords. They will kill their sons and daughters and burn down their houses. Technically, you should be at the table. So I will put an end to the lewdness in the land that all women may take warning and not imitate you. You will suffer the penalty of your lewdness and bear the consequences of your sins of idolatry. Then you will know that I am the sovereign Lord. This was such a hard message to listen to. God, I ask that you would keep us from ever offending you this way. Would you speak clearly to us so that any offense in us would be changed? Oh, baby. We praise your name. Amen. Thank you for loving the people enough to tell them the truth. 